Hey you, thanks for hitting play and welcome to the Canadian Cannabis Update. In this podcast, the premise is to give leaders and organizations an opportunity to tell their stories and share information. And if you like what I do, please tell your friends to subscribe as well, either directly to me, Canadian Cannabis Update Podcast, or to the group we have, Cannabis Media Collective. You can find everything out and more at distinctmedia.ca. Before we begin today, a quick shout out to my sponsor, Harvest Medicine. Harvest Medicine is a patient-centric clinic which offers free medical assessments for people just like you or me looking to explore how medical cannabis can help improve our lives. To learn more about Harvest Medicine and to book your free consultation with them, visit hmed.ca. That's h-m-e-d.ca. Thank you to Harvest Medicine. And if you would like to sponsor the Canadian Cannabis Update podcast, just reach out to me directly. Easiest way, michael at distinctmedia.ca, and I'll send you a media kit. All right. Anyone who listens to the podcast will know that we've been sponsored by Harvest Medicine for quite a while. Now, while this interview isn't about Harvest specifically, it features a person, Matthew Lundy, who does marketing for them. I met Matthew a while back and was super impressed with his resume and the work he does. So I've followed him on social media and I've been trying to get him on the podcast for quite a while. So this podcast covers the marketing of cannabis information. If you're into social media and you want some quality tips, tricks, and insights, this podcast is definitely for you. Enjoy. I'm joined today by Matthew Lundy. He is the marketing associate of Harvest Medicine here in Calgary. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited about this one. We met uh, probably about six or seven months ago here at Harvest. Uh, at that time, you were doing marketing-related work, and I have since followed you online, and I see that you uh, upload and publish a lot of cannabis-related content. And uh, I'm always interested in content producers and creators because um, we're a rare breed, and we do a lot of work behind the scenes to bring information to people. So let's just jump into a little bit about you. Who are you, and how did you fall into the role of marketing associate at Harvest? So I'm actually, at my core, I'm a 3D artist. Okay. Um, I started Vancouver Film School, went to University of Lethbridge, got my um, Bachelor of Fine Arts in New Media. And from there, I actually ended up in the pipeline industry in Calgary, um, mostly because of my family's roots, kind of an oil and gas family. But if it wasn't for the downturn four or five years ago now with the real bad economic turn in oil and gas, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever ever would have found cannabis. I would have still been drawing lines in AutoCAD. Right. And I got to say, I'm really, you know, at the time, you know, getting laid off of uh, what my career was at the time, I was very down on myself. But to find cannabis, and and the reason was, Michael, it's kind of tied into my personal health. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into my history, I've often struggled with depression and anxiety, and cannabis was actually my savior. It's what, what I found I'm most functional and healthy on. Okay. Um, so to, it, it was a slow transition trying to find something that I could apply my graphical skills in, um, but yeah, the cannabis industry was certainly looking for enthusiastic, motivated people, and I've certainly found a, a home in this industry. Nice. Okay, before we get into cannabis and content creation, I want to ask you about something that you did a little while back, something that went viral on YouTube. You made a Stormtrooper dancing video. Can you tell us the story behind that, and how many plays do you have at this point? Sure. So I'm getting close to 2 million organic views on that. It's, wow. It was actually a school project. So if you remember LMFAO Party Rock Anthem, 
them. Just of think course. of the, the dancing <laughs> hamsters, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. shuffling. So I ended up um, motion capturing my girlfriend at the time was a hip hop dancer, my ex. Yeah. I put that uh, motion onto a bunch of 3D stormtroopers and okay. I tagged LMFAO, so I tagged the artist in my post. Yeah. And this is the ultimate lesson for the day for social is if you don't connect your post to anyone else, then there's nowhere for them to go. And I think it's something that you yeah. realize quite well mm-hmm. with your guests and your connections mm-hmm. is the more, the more you connect to, the more places that post can go. Okay. So it was LMFAO who put that on their Facebook page. Which and then, then the hits just went crazy. So it wow. was like five hundred thousand a million. You know, every time a Star Wars movie comes out, it's another you know another few good thousand hits. But um, the hilarious thing that happened was the Canadian Space Agency saw that video mm-hmm. and actually got me in for an internship. So really? because of my three D skills, you know, doing uh, sci fi space three D modeling, mm-hmm. I actually got to go in in Montreal do four months of modeling on real satellites and like, wow. not just like the satellites themselves, but a lot of PR stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just showing you know what's going on. So that was kind of my like five minutes of fame. Um, but it taught me a valuable lesson in that every post needs to be connected to something else, otherwise it's not going to go anywhere. Okay. Well, give me an example of that then. Like you, you tagged LMFAO, uh, and obviously though, if it wasn't strong content, they wouldn't have shared it. Right. So course. it has to be a combination of content, right. value and content. Yes. And then knowing how to direct it. Right. Is that and what you're you'll see that methodology in all my posts. I mean, the strain reviews are tied to the LPs. Um, the news stories are tied to the individual journalists, and I always tag like the publication. You know, the price watches are tied back to the producers. Okay. The research posts are tied to the schools, and they're tied to the journals. Mm-hmm. So in in this way, I mean, you want to talk about the Star Wars video as kind of like the beginning of my social presence, mm-hmm. it taught me that if you don't put the social in social media, your posts are going nowhere. Yeah, that's a good point. So we're going to gradually move over to social media and cannabis. It's interesting. From your perspective for social media marketing, generally speaking, which social media streams do you find most effective for reaching people with what you do and why? So that's a really good question, Michael. Um, because we do cast a wide net, mm-hmm. there's I mean, we're on every, just about every platform. We, we run Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and the website. Of those seven channels, obviously wow. everything runs through the website. That's mm-hmm. got to be your number one. Facebook's got to be number two. Really? Huh? Just with the monthly ad- analytics I pull for how, how many people we're pulling to our site, Facebook is always first and foremost. Wow. The... Twitter's close behind. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is an interesting beast because you can't actually embed hyperlinks in Instagram posts. Right. It's what very a pain. Bit. What a pain. Well, yes and no, because you can be very creative and very influential on a medium like that. Okay. Um, the same with Pinterest, right? You just take advantage of the visual element of that platform. But if I were to say, like, if you had to take one um, social media platform to a desert island, it's got to be Facebook. Hmm. People generally plan their lives around Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to get into someone's life, it's going to be through the you know the medium that they're they're doing navigation through Facebook, they're planning events through Facebook. It only makes sense that they're going to find you through Facebook. Yeah. So I actually design my content to be deployed on all those networks. Yeah. Right. It's only once it's signed off that I go and like prepare the posts for each network. But Facebook's got to be number one. Okay. So you like Facebook? I find Facebook very challenging when it comes to cannabis marketing. What I do is all legal. I talk to legit people in the industry, and I still have a hell of a time. In fact, my personal profile for Facebook, which I've had since what 2007 or eight or something like that, uh, can no longer pay for boosting advertisements because of the podcast, which is super annoying. So I have an alternate. Michael Peterson account that I use for business and that sort of thing. Um, 
how are you finding publishing, I mean, legitimate content on behalf of Harvest on Facebook? You hit the nail on the head there, Michael. We in this industry face a very specific challenge, and that is the moderation. Mm-hmm. And it's not even moderation that makes sense anymore because it's moderation from the states. Like we're following all the rules in Canada right. to, to the letter. But even from a medical perspective, like we do our very, very best to follow the, the rule of the law to the letter. Right. And even following all those rules, I myself have also got my Facebook. Uh, oh, you have? Yeah. So I, when you said that, I was just like, yeah, I, I know. I was the only one. And, I, and it's because Facebook gets tired of dealing with you. You right. can appeal. I've appealed every single thing we've tried to boost, and they get tired of it because yeah. they realize they're not following the rules in Canada, but they yeah. don't care. It's yeah. a hassle for them. I think the cherry on top of all this is it's going to change. I have faith it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Follow the money. It's only a matter of time. And I think give it two years, give it five years, eventually we we will be able to boost our content. The other funny thing about that is because of this restriction, our content goes solely on its... You don't have anything else pushing it content except for itself. Yeah. So in that sense, you really rely on your skills as an artist and as an, a social media kind of presence right. to get those posts out there. Yeah. Because really, you, you can't rely on anything else at this point. Yeah, you can still post on uh, Facebook. That's not the issue. It's boosting. So for me, total pain. Because I mean, I also have a, a day job and I depend on posting ads on Facebook for that as well. So I can't even do it there you know, in non-cannabis-related things. So, it's a struggle. And the more... I wonder if they'll ever give us the key to get out of jail, though. Should they change the rules? Will they say, well, all of you guys who were banned before can no longer come back, and we still have to have the alternate profiles? Until it changes in the States, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're, like, October 17th, sure enough, I I sent, you know, a a request to Facebook to review my ad account that was shut down. Yeah. Sure enough, I got the message back that their the rules haven't changed, right? So until it yeah. changes in the states, I I wouldn't see any leeway opening up. And you got the message that said that this case is now closed and they will no longer consider your yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got the same one, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Cookie cutter email. And uh. it's yeah, it's it. But it like I've had people warn me too that you really shouldn't poke the bear. Yeah. Because if I've seen uh, licensed producers, Facebook and Instagram accounts disappear overnight. Right, because you've poked the bear too much. Facebook, you're okay floating under the radar, but if you get on their radar, like they could shut you down. That's over a year of organic follows that I've built up that would just be completely wiped away with the click of a button. Yeah. So I'm almost very hesitant now to even to request a boost mm-hmm. at this point because for the fear of everything being shut down. Well, um, you, you spread yourself out though, and I think that's one of the keys in order to maintain contact with a large audience, but also to protect yourself. I know in my case, uh, Twitter is pretty heavy for me. Instagram, I'm always on. Uh, even LinkedIn from time to time, and I know you use a lot of LinkedIn as well. Um, are you finding problems with any other social media streams? I'd say if if there's one that you're going to get through on, it's probably Twitter. Yeah, um, a lot of their moderations asleep at the wheel. Uh, there, you know, a lot of stuff flies on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are both owned by the same. Obviously, the both by Facebook. That's I think the rules are slightly different, though. You see a lot more um, blatant and also gray and I guess, for lack of a better term, illegal content on Twitter. Mm, yes, that you wouldn't see on Facebook. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's Twitter is almost like a, the one that. I'd, I'd say it's the most like provocative network mm-hmm. of the three, or of all the big networks. Um, but you're right; it's it's getting your content on as many networks as possible, so that you know people can find it. 
regardless of where they are. Right. Okay. Is in terms of the time, the content you're targeting, what are some basic rules that you apply to your posts? That's a really good question. So our content, because it's really people, just because of the the cannabis nature, mm-hmm. they're really not comfortable looking at it at work. I found so I usually target either in the evening or early early morning. Uh, I've had great luck with two a.m. posts on Instagram and Pinterest. Really? Um, if they get enough traction overnight, it's the first thing on people's feeds when they open their feed in the morning. So some of my best results have been at, at two a.m. Um, otherwise, like evening seems to be like the prime time just because of the nature of our content. Now you guys have a lot of content. Are you using some kind of uh, scheduling software? The so that's a can of worms, Michael. <laughs> because there there are. Uh, companies like Hootsuite and Zoho who advertise this one-click mm-hmm. solution to social media. Yeah, that's baloney. Okay, mm-hmm. because the more you get into it, there's different message lengths for different mediums. Uh, the people you tag will have different names on different mediums. And if you're doing any kind of tracking or analytics, you have to embed different post links right. to track. So. You could never send them out as one. If you're doing any kind of serious marketing, you could never send it out as one. Mm-hmm. So that's just a fantasy. It's it's a sales tactic. But can you within say within the world of Hootsuite? Because I have used Hootsuite quite a lot in the past as well. Would you then create an individual Twitter? Post and then an individual Facebook post because for me it's about timing. If I want to be right. online three, four, five times a day, I don't want to have to be in front of my computer the right. whole day. So the individual social networks will actually make it difficult for you to do that. Mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't let you tag anyone from a third party software. Twitter won't. Instagram will let you do gallery posts from third party software. Right. LinkedIn will let you do video posts from third party software. So there's. You know, as much as I would like to schedule all my posts from within these third-party solutions, there's too many barriers. Right. And I'm almost all like Facebook, and the only one that doesn't really have like scheduling options is Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. Right. All the others, I guess LinkedIn. All the others you can usually post like whenever you want. So do you schedule yourself then? Like yeah. you said, you've even had two AM posts that have had traction. Um, do you say to yourself, okay, every day at around eight, I'll jump into social media. Around six PM, I'll jump into social media and do my posts for that day. I'm actually on social media all day, every day. Whether it's just <laughs> like just looking at my tablet or, or a window on my computer, yeah. and that's one of the things Hootsuite is good for is monitoring because you can have all six of your streams up and see what's going on. Right? Yeah, of course, Which is inbound those, and outbound, yeah, and all where the rest those programs of it. shine. Yeah, right. A lot of the work is well. Actually, let's let's use an example. So something like week in review mm-hmm. that starts out. Actually, for any post you do, you need to do like a research component to that. So like usually twenty minutes, just find out if this is a legit author. Get their LinkedIn profile. Get their Twitter profile. You know, make sure this is an actual legit story because you don't want to create content for something that's not legit. That's happened before, right? <laughs> so do your research beforehand. You know, after you do the creative and that gets approved, then you go to the deployment stage. Okay. Then it's like, okay, now I design this for Twitter. I design it for you know Facebook and Instagram, and they all have diff- little different minute differences. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes me a good social media manager is learning how to leverage. Those right, right. You know, leverage the fact that you can do stories on Facebook and Instagram. You know, give your viewers that like lunchtime preview for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of the native video that um, you know Pinterest is now offering. LinkedIn now offers that. These are autoplay videos. If you embed a YouTube video, chances of someone clicking that are much lower than that autoplay. Mm-hmm. 
And the other thing is like, you, you really have to like, and I've mentioned it like when we started, you have to connect this to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say it before the interview ends again, is that is the, the whole trick to social media is making sure these posts have a place to live and a place to go. I love it. Uh, you put a lot of thought into this stuff. I put a lot of thought into it, but I think you are leagues deeper than I am. Um, talk about Harvest for a second and content creation. Um, how does it work and who creates the content? That's such a great question, Michael, because we are actually an army of people now. Okay. And so, for example, the recipe posts are, are done by staff members who feed those to me, same with the strain reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the price watch, those stats are scraped by staff members. We can review... Um, those stories are gathered by our staff throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I'm really just the tip of the spear. And without my team gathering these materials for me, there is no freaking way that Harvest Medicine would be able to put out as much material as we do. Yeah. Yeah. Legit content. Yeah. It's been researched. And, and that's when we, we go back to the organic sharing element, people are much more willing to. Because you talk to some of these Facebook like group moderators, they're tired of the Cheech and Chong memes. You know, they're they they're, they're thirsting for good quality content. Of course, yeah. So talk to some of the moderators in in these groups, and they're more than happy to you know to allow you to post like good educational content. Mm. The only other problem I've been seeing with all the harvest posts lately mm-hmm. is, and it's half the trick to doing them quickly is setting up a good template. Right. So I have a strain review template, a week in review template. You know, all my yeah. charts look. The, the real problem is there, you can do them quickly, but they start looking a lot like each other over so time. So you want continuity because you want to look like a brand, but at the same time, you don't want it to be repetitive. Right. Okay. So my aunt, there's two little solutions for this. I've started yeah. employing cover images. Okay. So these are almost like artsy kind of cover photos mm-hmm. that draw people into the posts. Mm-hmm. And the second idea is to just update your templates. I've been using these for, you know, almost a year. It's getting, t- they're looking a little tired, you know. I'm getting ready to kind of give them a, a t- touch up, right? So mm-hmm. you got to, it, it helps to get content out quickly, but you've got to make sure it's still engaging. Okay. Now, we had been corresponding for probably since we met, saying, one of these days, let's sit down and do a podcast because I'm curious about your content, about your social media approach. And uh, one of the emails you had sent me a little while ago, I think in January, said uh, you do embedded links and that you like to set your posts up so it's like unwrapping a post like a present. Yeah. Can you explain that? Okay. So, yeah. Your social media post should be like a present. Okay. So it's like, okay, picture yourself driving down the highway and you see a billboard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're scrolling down your feed, mm-hmm. that's like analogous to driving down the highway. Right. If you slow down past my post, okay, that's you looking up at the billboard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay? okay. So that's yeah. step one. Okay. Step two. To grab is, their attention. Step yeah, one. In, yeah. a, in a timeline that's completely right. flooded with. Content. Right. Yeah. So. And this is where social separates itself from other mediums. Yeah. Is there's an immediate call to action embedded in that post. Right. So now depending on your level of interest, you can you can read the post, you can click around the content, you can look at the images. And if you do click the link, voila. You know, that is usually linking back to our site. My job's done. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you click the link, you've opened the present. Right. But if there's nothing there for people to kind of slow down and get their attention, um, you're not going to get any traction. And the other trick to that, Michael, is making sure that you always have new and fresh content. 
because me and you both know that if you're not putting out fresh content, you're not at the top of people's feeds, mm-hmm. you're not making an impact, mm-hmm. someone else is getting in those views instead of you. Right. And this is what separates what we do from classical media. Because you go out to Mad Men or you know, you'd spend months working on like one campaign. Right. And then that that was it. Then you put your feet up and celebrate. What we do is we grind, we grind, we grind every mm-hmm. single day. We're putting out new media hits, grind, grind, grind. And if you can keep up with that, yeah. you are an incredibly valuable person. My value to harvest medicine is the fact that I can stay on top of that grind and like get content out every day. My managers know that content's going out and not only that, those channels are being monitored. So right, if you can really you, you you can show value in this industry if you can just stay on top of that grind. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think that um, unless you're doing it, people don't actually appreciate how much time it takes to always stay relevant, to always have content, to have something, to present things, the same thing sometimes, but in different ways so that it's still interesting. And you have to educate yourself to stay current. Mm-hmm. The amount of cannabis news I have my eye on when I'm not working just so I, I know what's going on in the industry. It's true. It's it's. A good, I'd say, twenty percent of my day is just looking at what's new and exciting in the cannabis industry. So I'm informed when I speak. You know, I know what's going on, and then mm-hmm. people in turn can take what you have with more respect, right? Yeah, for sure. You're more learned in your presentation. With me, it comes down to podcasting. Um, I subscribe to every single cannabis podcast I find. If I see any mention of anything, I go search for it and I subscribe to it. And um, I'm currently writing a, an article for LinkedIn, and uh, Part of it was like, this is how many cannabis-related podcasts I listened to. And I went through and I counted them all. And I'm over 20. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm listening to so many because I'm, I'm curious about what content is out there, who's providing that information, what the quality is, you know, whether it's bad, technically great, technically, yeah. whether the information is solid, whether it's very kind of loosey-goosey. I'd like to ask you a question, just artist sure. or artist. How mm-hmm. do you, because I think about this all the time, how do you take those and morph that into your own work? Um, I learn from them. I mean, simple as that. Uh, there are some that are really strong in terms of content and information, and uh, they j- help me j- generate ideas for my own podcasts. Uh, sometimes I'll hear a guest and I think, oh, I really want to talk to that person or someone like that person. Um, alternatively, though, sometimes I hear the same people on all the podcasts, and I think to myself, I don't know if I'm going to knock on that person's door because mm-hmm. they've already been on 15 podcasts yeah. in the last two Yeah, months. it shows you what works and it shows you what doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes I'll see something like a graph, uh, certain you know, graphic style, and I'll be like, that's not flowing for me. And I'll, mm-hmm. you know, make a note of that. And at the same time, you know, I'm always on the lookout for great ideas. You know, you'll see something that will spark something in your head and like, yeah, it's all connected, right? Ideas and also um, I try really hard to stay different than all of the other options out there. You know, mine is a long-form one-on-one uh, interview sort of format. And I, and I try to keep it that way as well as I keep it more inclusive. I keep it for the people who are not super hardcore cannabis people on purpose because that's not being done otherwise. Yeah. There are super hardcore cannabis people podcasts out there if that's your bag. And you know, if you're an investor, you're a business person, and you're really knowledgeable about the cannabis space and investing, um, there's that podcast out there for you as well. And that's not me. So I don't try to be these things that I'm not. You know, in fact, it's easier for me to just uh, be myself. I mean, really, this, this is who I am. I don't have to uh, pretend to be anything. I, I'm, I'm somewhat knowledgeable about the cannabis space, but I don't consider myself or I wouldn't advertise myself as a professional. Um, and I think that's the approach I take, and I think it's, it works. You know, my mom can listen to it, and, and she enjoys it. That's the thing. Okay, we're harping on social media pretty heavy duty here. Um, some of the questions might be a bit redundant, but let me just ask you anyway. Do you have any rules for frequency or content? Yeah, it's got to be every day of the week, 
like if you're like I mentioned before, if you want to be on the top of that feed, uh, the, the top of people's minds, you, you got to be posting daily. If you're not doing it, someone else is doing it, and someone yeah. else is getting those views. You have to balance that with being new and fresh. No one wants to see the three posts same times in, in like Within in a week. They're going to unsubscribe from you, right? Yeah, yeah. So you really need to offer value with your posts as well. Otherwise, no, no one's clicking. All right, let's talk about you personally now. Um, you have a personal Instagram page where you talk about yourself and your own life, but a Part of that is also health and cannabis. Um, what's your motivation behind that? I think the it really goes back to when I was transitioning from oil and gas to cannabis. Many close to me, including my own family, were really questioning my decision around doing that okay. from a health and wellness perspective. And one of the things that I wanted to show, not just tell, talk is cheap, is that cannabis can be a good, healthy um, impact on your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's half the... Um, you know the reason that I, I like to talk about cannabis and exercise or cannabis in, in terms of you know being a healthier person is to mm-hmm. show that when used properly, this is not just a good thing, it's a great thing. Right. I use it differently for cardio than for strength training than, than for recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you are interested in and I think before I start, I should say this is all from personal experience. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, this is me talking about what's worked for me in my fitness. Yeah, routine. this is officially okay. you and me at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, it is important though that if you do have concerns, that you talk about it with your doctor. And yeah. I think that's one of the best things about what the doctors we have here at Harvest Medicine. Yeah. I mean, you go back a few years, and every doctor I talked to told me stay away from cannabis. Mm-hmm. This is going to ruin your life, and it. I just grit my teeth when I think about where it's gone to now, how healthy I am now. Yeah. But not all doctors are like that. You right. know, the doctors at Harvest Medicine, like I go to them all the time with CBD questions. They're more than happy to help. Oh, you're um, lucky you have that resource, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if if you are looking to use cannabis in, in your health and fitness routine, I'd say go high CBD for actually when you're doing something active. Mm-hmm. And THC is really only useful as a recovery agent. The problem with THC in the gym or in cardio is too much THC makes you relax. Yeah. When you engage, so say you engage a relaxed muscle, that starts to feel like weakness. Mm-hmm. And I, I've tried, you know, many combinations of CBD in, and THC in the gym. Keep your THC low in the gym. Keep it low. Keep it low. Keep it low. I'm always curious about people who talk about uh, consumption and exercise because I'm a runner. I run uh, four or five times a week, and uh, I, I hear other runners say, "You know, you can smoke cannabis, and uh, it's great for my running." And so I've tried it. And I've gone five, ten k runs, nothing too, too crazy. And I don't think it works for me. So I don't what think were you? Smoking... What were you? First of all, it's, you should be vaping. Yeah, right? I, va- I vape. So I use the term smoke, yeah. but it was a vape, and it was a sativa. Um, but it was a high THC sativa. It, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what the THC level yeah. was. Maybe fifteen or so. Something. I've gone on those runs too, mm-hmm. and you're right. I I feel beat afterwards. It's I don't, weird. Yeah, I don't feel good. The the time to use high THC is in recovery, but when you're actually about to go for that run, mm-hmm. the two two things I want to talk about are CBD mm-hmm. and pinene, which is actually a terpene. Yeah. So CBD, it's great for it's a painkiller. It's great for anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. and um, it actually balances out the effects of THC. Okay. So that's awesome before a run. The other thing is pinene is a is a terpene. It's actually a bronchial dilator. Right. So. I actually did a 5K um, before this interview, and I chose not to vape just because I wanted to be on point on microphone. Okay, obviously, Good and I, I'm telling you, like without that pining in my pre-run vape, like I, 
I didn't have the same lung capacity that I usually. So you would. notice it now. No, no, absolutely, that's a case where in vaping cannabis has helped you. Yes, it's a low THC, high CBD, with, and yeah. something with pinene in yeah. it specifically. Yeah, and then when it comes to recovery, mm-hmm. go like THC is great because it'll help you relax, even using it as a topical. Um, I love using it on my knees and my joints. I'm not getting any younger. I'm in my mid 30s, and you know, after a 10k run, my knees and my ankles I hurt. You. you know, mm-hmm. having a a CBD THC topical mm-hmm. that I can, you know, just take care of the pain at the source is amazing. And also for sleep, I mean, getting off all these like pharmaceuticals to like a complete natural medicine like cannabis, THC puts me out like a light. Yeah. And so when you're talking about using that in a fitness routine, THC should be thought of as recovery and nothing else. I like that. I think that makes sense and it kind of vibes with, with my experience too. Yeah. And like I, I mean, said. show me the guy. <laughs> like, I've seen I've seen the, uh, the videos where they're you know you're doing curls and smoking a joint, but I'm telling you, man, <laughs> you'd be able to lift much more without that joint. I'm telling you, like, uh, yeah, your THC makes you relaxed, and when you're when you want to be performing your best, keep your THC low. To each their own, and if someone argues with us, then that's okay. The other thing is, it's almost the well. There's two things. It's a great stress reliever, mm-hmm. um, exercise in general. And the other thing is it keeps your tolerance low. So when we're talking about cannabis and judging the effects of that, um, I always feel like my strains work very, very well mm-hmm. because my body's always almost fiending for input. You you work your body and, and, and by the time that you you take that medication, well, exercise in itself is its own medication too. Yes, I course. mean, you release a bunch of anandamide, which is analogous to THC. Mm-hmm. So really, it's all about this health and wellness approach, right? However you get those chemicals. Yeah, and I think you got to really um, figure it out for yourself because everyone is totally different. There, oh, there is no totally. like magic formula. And, and don't think that going to the gym and running is it. You mm-hmm. know, if it's yoga for you, if it's nutrition, if it's even, even just going for a walk or stretching, mm-hmm. there's so many ways to be healthy, Michael. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. What's your personal vision for 2019? You keep super busy here. You have your own personal uh, social media presence. Um, what, what are you aiming for? Uh, I. <laughs> it's just go, 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 go. I, I literally, I sometimes I don't feel like I have time even to look ahead. It's it's just staying on top of that, that social media um, mountain. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess just not only that, but being there like as the first line of defense, anyone who contacts Harvest through Facebook or Twitter or you know even a Google review, I'm you know the, the first person that, that that comes through. So um, just making sure that as we scale up, and I've already seen it. Like when I started at Harvest, I was doing social media for one clinic. Wow. Now we have five clinics all across Canada and a telemedicine option. Okay. So it's it's just making sure that. I'm well equipped, healthy enough, even my personal life, to manage the beast that is harvest medicine and growing quickly. Yeah, let's face it. Now, does that include the um, the healing center? Yes. Yeah, so, Trauma Healing Centers was bought out by Harvest Medicine, so they're actually operating under H Med Atlantic now. Okay. So that's the clinic in Moncton and Coal Harbor. So five in total. Any final thoughts in general? We covered a lot today. Uh, we really, really sort of focused our energy, though, on social media because it's what you do. It's what a lot of us do, really. Uh, any final thoughts on social in general as it pertains to cannabis or what you do? Um, I think a few things I just kind of want to touch on briefly, like people are short attention spans. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your posts short, mm-hmm. especially like even with your long form podcast here, like you. You do a great job of giving little snippets for people just to kind of get them engaged. So I think like just beware of that short attention span. Mm-hmm. The other thing is like 
we did concentrate on social media here, but that's a very a small piece of Harvest Medicine's pie or marketing pie. Like there's outreach, there's the one-on-one patient education. You know, we run billboard ads, radio ads, we run events. Very small, small piece. So I can't say enough that I'm just a small part of an amazing team. And I really hats off to the people at Harvest, Harvest Medicine. The only other thing is like make sure that you have that, that credibility. So you, you need that journal published study. You need that that news from like a, a major source. Like we, we can't be pushing hogwash, you know, mm-hmm. especially we're looked to as the professionals now. So yeah. um, I think that goes for all social media. Make sure that that you're not fake newsing. Yeah, <laughs> in no any, doubt. In any respect. I think that was pretty much all I wanted to talk about. Okay, and we have before we end, we have one thing that's very unique in common with each other. We both have cats, and they're both named after musicians. You have Jimi Hendrix, and my cat's name is Satchmo, who's named after Louis Armstrong. Super cool. It's like we're brothers. We were separated at birth or something. I know. It's like I, I, uh, my cat's like my wingman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in your Instagram videos, uh, your cat often pops up in front. Checks it out, right? Typical <laughs> yeah. cat style. Yeah. Pops in front of the yeah. camera. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, how do we find out more about you or your content that you publish for Harvest? So you can all Harvest Medicine is at Harvest Medicine across all the social. Mm-hmm. You can get me personally on Twitter, Matt Lundy Studio, on Instagram, MP Lundy. All right. Thank you very much for doing this. Thanks. It was great. All right. Quick shout out to Matthew for that interview. And I was glad to even get a little bit of cannabis and exercise perspective in there too. Thanks to Harvest Medicine for lending Matthew to the podcast. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend following him on Twitter and LinkedIn. And hey, if you subscribe to the podcast and you like what I do, do me a favor and leave me a review on your favorite streaming site. It would mean a lot to me. Cheers. Thanks once again for listening to the Canadian Cannabis Update podcast. If you have a story that you'd like to share about the cannabis space, I would love to hear from you. Hit me up at CanadianCannabisUpdate at gmail.com or my website, CannabisUpdate.ca. And if you want to find out more about Canadian Cannabis Update and all of the other podcasts in the Cannabis Media Collective, check us out on Twitter at CanMedCall, just like Cannabis Media Collective, but abbreviated. And you can also find out more about us on Facebook, Instagram, and every podcast-related streaming site in the known universe. Check us out, the Cannabis Media Collective. All right, hit it, Ember. The media contributors within the Cannabis Media Collective do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for any inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself.